Congratulations! Your gift of a new day is here. Ready to live it big? You're listening to the Big Life Devotional Podcast. Now, here's Pamela to get you fired up for all God has available for you today. Well, good morning, beautiful. Welcome to a brand new day of life. Happy Friday, my friends. I am absolutely honored that I get to be here with you today, that I get to help you start this glorious new day of life with some pep and some zest, some energy, some joy. I am coming to you live from our travels. We are in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Yeah, this Missouri girl is back in her home state. I'm just a couple hours away from my mama's house where I get to go for the night. And I'm pretty excited about that. Hey, you know what's even more exciting? The next time I am on with you for devotional on Monday morning, I will actually be in Hawaii (laughs) and it will be 3 a.m. Yes, it will be. For one month, I get the beautiful blessing and opportunity to host live devotionals at 3 a.m. in Hawaii because you see, I have a commitment for these devotionals to be hosted live for the girls that I mentor. They're watching on video and it's part of their morning routine at 7 a.m. Central Time. And I don't want to mess up their morning schedule for a whole month while I'm in Hawaii. So that's right. I'll be doing those puppies at 3 a.m. and I'll be happy about it. Okay, everybody, the title of today's episode of the Big Life Devotional Podcast is How to Know It's God. And you're already like, whoa, this one's for me. How to Know It's God. Very rarely, Does God bring me back around to the same topic and prompt me to teach on it again just two weeks later? I typically wake up with something new and fresh, but this morning it was different. This morning, all I can think about are the amount of questions coming in that are still asking, how do I know God is speaking to me? Why isn't he telling me what to do? I keep redirecting these questions to the podcast from two weeks ago titled, Why Isn't God Talking? But the questions keep coming in. So today, God is directing me to hit this one again with a few more answers. If you missed that episode, I highly encourage you to listen. It's number 1321. Okay, go back and listen to that one first. It will really set the stage well. One, three, two, one. But as a quick recap, we looked at Jesus's teaching in John 10, verse 27. And this is going to be our scripture again today. John 10, verse 27. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Shepherds know and name each of their sheep. They don't rely on a number tag in their ear. They actually know them because they literally live with them. And a sheep knows the voice of their shepherd over every other voice. Sheep have been tested with the voices of shepherds of other flocks, and they will not respond to any voice other than their own shepherd. 
So when Jesus says we are his sheep and we listen to his voice and follow him, he means we have the ability to know the promptings of his spirit over the promptings of any other spirit. When we have remained close to him, we have learned his unmistakable voice and there is no confusion. However, if we have stopped spending time with him and we have strayed a bit, we may be confused on his voice. He may be calling us and we may not be recognizing his call. And the solution is to get reconnected with him, to spend time with him, quality time, not check the box kind of time, grow in relationship with Christ, not in religion. And there's a difference. But God has brought me back to this lesson again and revealed to me why I myself have at times failed to recognize his voice and why others may be struggling with the same. And here it is. We stopped responding. If you didn't respond the last time you felt God prompt you with something specific, then the next time you were less sure it was him. With each delay and resistance, we become less and less connected and more and more uncertain of the voice of our shepherd. Is this what has happened to you? You didn't respond last time, so you're more uncertain this time. It's like my dog, Tank. If he is hot on the scent of some new, exciting dog from Tennessee, he has never smelled this dog before, and he doesn't listen to my promptings the first time to come back to me, he's less likely to listen the second time. And the more he doesn't respond to me, the harder it is to get him to respond. The further he wanders, the less he hears me. And it's the same with us. When we stop responding to the promptings of God's spirit, we become less likely to hear him or obey him the next time. We go deeper and deeper into lost woods and then wonder why God's not talking to us anymore. So what can we do? We can start responding again. And yes, it really could be that simple, sis. The very next time you feel that little stir to make that phone call or start that conversation or offer that help or take that leap or make that move or knock on that door or give it a try. Do something about it. The next time you feel that prompting, do something about it. It's so easy to discount every past nudge of the Holy Spirit when you didn't respond It's easy to assume that was just your wild imagination telling you crazy things. But what if it wasn't? Really, what if the last prompting you dismissed was God and he was calling you to something you've been waiting for for a really long time? 
What if it was a divine alignment for you to step into a partnership with God Almighty to be part of something bigger than your mind can fathom? You can't just keep dismissing this, sis. You can't keep feeling that nudge, receiving that prompting, and just sit on it. Do something about it. I'm not saying to fly into your boss's office today and quit your job by noon because you felt like you would rather be at home this morning. Mm -mm. I'm not saying book that dream vacation with reckless abandon and rack up all kinds of debt you can't pay just because you saw someone's spring break post with photos of a beach you really want to be on. Those are impulses and we all feel those too. Okay, as a raging seven on the Enneagram, the adventurer, the enthusiast, that is me, I excel in impulsiveness. I make decisions in a split second. I conjure up excitement and adventure in every scenario and always opt for more. My do something about it can be unhealthy in a flash, so it has to be qualified. Here are my qualifications. When I feel a prompting, which is typically just a feeling within your spirit, a thought that pops into your mind when you weren't really thinking about that thing and it feels different than the rest of the thoughts, then I send that prompting through a quick set of qualifications, okay? So these are some qualifications to send any potential prompting from the Holy Spirit that you have to check it, okay? Three simple promptings. Write these down. One, pray. Well, you knew that was coming. But I'm going to give you a really simple prayer. This is so simple. When you feel a potential prompting from God, do this, go here, say that. When you feel that potential prompting, here's a simple prayer. Lord, if you're in it, I want it. And if you're not, I don't. That genuine surrender in prayer can shut down a whole lot of other spirits in an instant. And I trust that. Put that prayer in your back pocket and whip it out with every single prompting. Lord, if you're in it, I want it. And if you're not, I don't. Second, ask the question, what would Satan do? (laughs) For real, think about that real quick and you will be amazed by the clarity. Thinking about what Jesus would do can sometimes be overwhelming, but thinking about what Satan would do can be real clear. What would Satan do in this situation and how would he want you to respond Oh, he would want you to lick the cheesy powder from your fingers and dive back into that bag of Cheetos, sinking lower into that pit of despair, doing absolutely nothing than you did yesterday. He would want you to fight and argue and push your point and be bitter. He would want you to be overwhelmed and stressed and agitated and dwell in it. 
oh, that's what he would want. He would want you to take this out on your family and lash out on the people you love most and hurt others because you've been hurt. He would want you to burn bridges and throw away your dreams and dwell in disappointment. He would want you to shut down and build walls and keep people out. He would want you to sit it out and miss out and then wallow in regret. Okay, now think through your specific question of prompting of, okay, I've got this prompting, this little stir, this little thought. Think through that and put it through the filter of what would Satan do? You feel potentially prompted to get out of the job you hate and start a new career. Okay, well, what would Satan do and what would he want you to do? Wouldn't he want you to just stay and be miserable? Waste your life? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he want you to make wild, rash decisions and create chaos? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he want you to sit there in your questioning and do absolutely nothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what he would want you to do. All those things. Now, don't do that. What would Satan do? Don't do that. If that's what Satan would do, then you know that's not what you want to do. Wow. Didn't that just make the argument you find yourself in a whole lot more simplified? Didn't that just clear the air and take away the confusion? Check God's word is number three. Okay, so what have we done? We've prayed. The prayer is... God, if you're in it, I want it. If you're not, I don't. Two is ask, well, what would Satan do here? And once you figure out what he would do, which is really pretty clear, then don't do those things. And three is check God's word. God's spirit will never prompt you to do something that goes against his word. So for example, that feeling of being drawn to another man when you're married. Yeah, that goes against God's word. So that can't be a prompting from God. Is there anything in scripture that would prohibit what you feel? Honey, if it's not biblical, then it's real simple. That is not from God. If it doesn't bring life, if it doesn't honor God, if it doesn't show love, if it doesn't bring healing, if it doesn't create peace, it's not from God. Now, once you've prayed, once you've checked on what Satan would do, and once you've considered God's word, And that prompting has passed all the tests and it's still there. Then do something. Do something. Little sheep move towards the shepherd's voice in faith. The longer you wait, the easier it will be to dismiss that voice. The longer you dismiss that voice, the harder it will be to hear it next time. Maybe we've just gotten out of the habit of actually doing something with the little things God prompts us to do. And maybe God hasn't prompted us to do anything big in a long time because we haven't been obedient with the little things in a long time. So the very next time you feel 
that stirring within, a, a, a thought that doesn't seem to be your own and a feeling that tells you you should do something. Pray, think about what Satan would do, and check God's word. Then do something, girlfriend. You and I are the recipients of divine counsel every single day. Every day, the shepherd calls us. Every day, we are invited into opportunities to be part of his miraculous work. Today, that is happening Today, you and I are being invited into an opportunity to be part of his miraculous work. It's happening today. So let's start doing something about it and stop ignoring it. Again, the three qualifications to put a little prompting through, pray about it. The prayer is real simple. God, if you're in it, I want it. If you're not, I don't. Two, think about, well, what would Satan do and what would he want me to do in this? That's really clear and it's really simple. So don't do those things. And three, check God's word. If it's not biblical, then it's not a prompting from God. He's not telling you to do anything that goes against his word. It really is that simple. All right. Can I pray with you today? I would just love to do that. Join me right now. Hey, God. Good morning, Lord. We are so grateful that you've given us a new day of life. Thank you for the opportunity to get to just be alive. Thank you for the blessings of this day. Lord, I'm grateful for how you're speaking to us today, for how you're just simplifying this and and helping us to see how we can recognize your voice and respond to it with confidence. Thank you for these reminders and these qualifications to put these promptings through that just simplifies it all. Lord, we want to hear your voice and we want to respond. We want to partner with you in your miraculous works. Thank you so much for including us. We want to respond to every prompting from you. Because God, if you're in it, we want it. And if you're not, we don't. So thank you for that today. Thank you so much for everyone you've brought to hear this. I pray your blessings, your provision, and your protection over their families. It's in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, my friends, thank you so much for being with us today. I want to give you a quick little update on the Big Life Mission, where we've partnered with 99 Plus One, that the home in Stratford, Oklahoma, that their primary objective is to give a safe space, a home of their own, to girls that are aging out of foster care. Because once they're 18, um, if they haven't been adopted into a family, if they're still in foster care, they're out. And it, it doesn't end up well for them typically. So 99 plus one has created a, just a safe haven, a beautiful space for these girls. And what we've done is partnered with them and come in and absolutely deck out these rooms. I mean, magazine worthy rooms, furnishing and decorating these rooms. We did it uh, last year for our mission retreat. We did phase one for them, the whole first wing. And we're going back next month to do the second wing. And we need your help. There is an Amazon wish list right now with all the furnishings that we still need. And you guys have been 
crazy generous. Well over half of the items on the wish list have been purchased. The beds have been purchased. Curtains and pillows and rugs and chairs and lamps. Woo! Y'all have been showing up. We still need your help. Um, The Miriam suite, which I talked about yesterday, which is a suite specifically for a young woman that they'll be bringing in that comes with children, a single mama that just needs a safe haven, uh, a help. Um, This suite will be specifically for a mom and up to three children. And we still need some additional furnishings for the Miriam suite. So here's how you can be part of this. Real simple. Go to Amazon. In the search bar on Amazon, type in baby registry by name or baby registry search, either one of those. It will pull up another page where you're just going to enter baby registry name, big life mission, and you'll see it. It'll pop right up. And then if you look at all those items today, you could buy any of those items, any one of them or contribute to a bigger one, whatever you want to do. But specifically, we would love to completely furnish today, finish off the Naomi suite and the Miriam suite. So if you look at these items, they'll have a note in on mine, it shows up in orange. And it'll just say what room it's for. Those are the rooms that we're focusing on to fully furnish today. Almost finished with the Naomi suite. That one's specifically for a widow. And then the Miriam suite, which is specifically for a single mom with children that need some help. Okay? So, oh my gosh, we'd be so blessed if you'll partner with us in that. Thank you for being generous and being part of it. Uh, The retreat is currently completely sold out, but you can be part of this by purchasing off of the Amazon wish list. All right, everybody, thank you for being here with me. My plan is to meet you on Monday morning from Hawaii. I love you wildly. Goodbye, everybody. You were created for a big life. We'll help you do it. Join us each weekday for a new Big Life devotional podcast. If you're ready to dive into the Big Life way of living, visit our website at biglifehq.com.